Welcome to the podcast of Harvest Baptist Church in Harvest, Alabama. We invite you into our sanctuary as we dive into God's Word with our pastor, Dr. Al Perringer. What a wonderful time of worship. Now, we get into God's Word. We're going to be in Proverbs 4 this morning. And I will uh, be reading uh, verses 20 to 27 here in just a little bit. Now, I did have a, a life, a vocational life before going into ministry. It seemed like a long time ago. It was a long time ago. It seemed like a lifetime ago. But I used to work in the criminal justice system. I was a probation parole agent for a while. And then I was a jail supervisor for a while. And part of the training for both of those was uh, self-defense training. I went through self-defense training. So, yes, don't, don't attack me. I know how to take you out. At least I did then. Now my body would just be like, eh, forget it. We'll just go. But I remember a rule that they constantly drilled into our minds. Always protect your head. Always protect your head. Even if you're down on the ground, always protect your head. Because you can survive broken bones most anywhere else in your body. But a blow to the head is going to be fatal. Now, I mean, the blow to the head itself could be fatal, or, I mean, it'll knock you out, and then they'll be able to continue to attack you if you're, you know, if you're kind of knocked out there. Always protect your head. But the Bible gives us something that is very a principle that's very similar. There's something that we need to protect. There's something that we need to guard. A blow to this area of our existence can be very harmful spiritually. And so the Bible tells us that whatever you do, always guard your heart. Always guard your heart. Now, when the Bible talks about the heart, it's not talking about the organ that's pumping blood. Although, I mean, it, it's using that for the metaphorical symbol uh, that, that it's talking about. But what the heart is, according to Scripture, is, is our inner self, the totality of our inner self. Now, I know in our day and age, heart, Valentine's Day, it all has to do with emotions and, and things like that. But in the Bible, the heart is the total inner self. It's going to range from the mind to the will and volition, as well as the emotions. And honestly, whatever else you want to consider to be of central importance to your inner self, that's what needs to be protected. That's what needs to be guarded. To fail to protect your heart, to fail to protect this inner self, is going to lead to a lot of harm, and it's going to lead to a lot of heartbreak, no pun in intended. And in the section of Proverbs that we're going to be looking at, Solomon is telling his son, listen to wisdom. And then specifically in, in this passage, Solomon warns that if you leave your heart unguarded, you will lose any spiritual health and soundness that you might have. And so the main point uh, that we're going to find for ourselves here 
is that if we want to lead spiritually healthy lives, we have to guard our heart above anything else that we do. And so my, my, my hope and prayer is that we would place a priority in putting up spiritual barriers around our hearts to protect them so that the sickness of spiritual wickedness and darkness doesn't creep in. So before I kind of explain further what's going on here in the passage, let's actually read the text. In Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 through 27, if you'll stand in reverence to the reading of God's holy word as I, as I read these verses. And Solomon says, My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and healing to all flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, then let all your ways be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, these are words of wisdom, and may they penetrate our heart, our inner selves. And may we take heed to the warning that is given. Lord, protect our hearts. Empower us to protect our hearts with all vigilance. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. So kind of our jump-off point or our starting point this morning is going to be, you know, verse 23. It's translated in various ways in the English translations, uh, but they all kind of mean the same thing. I mean, some translations are going to say, keep your heart. Some will say, guard your heart. Some will say, watch your heart. And, and th there's, there's two connotations to what's being said here. We're going to concentrate on the one, but I want the other one kind of in the back of your head. But the main kind of thing, and what we're going to be concentrating on this morning, is there's obviously the connotation of do whatever you must to protect your heart. Do what you must to prevent things from getting into your heart that shouldn't be there. Set up some sort of defense around your heart, because your heart is constantly under attack. And so that's going to be kind of the main connotation for today. But there's a second background connotation that I want in the back of your mind, because there's also this idea of nurture. Protect your heart, and while you're protecting your heart, nurture it so that it'll be strong and healthy. So, you know, I think what's, you know, kind of on Solomon's mind here, the, the concept, and is, is the concept of the vineyard from back in those days and how they did vineyards back in those days. Because they would erect a wall or a barrier or a hedge of some sort around the vineyard to prevent animals from coming in and eating all the grapes. Keep them, keep them animals out so they don't come in and destroy them. But then there's also the idea of, but you gotta nurture and you gotta prune and you, you gotta work with the vines in, in order to be healthy. So this is kind of the picture we ought to have in our minds as we're, we're talking about it. You protect it from enemies, but you take time to nurture it to health. Keep your heart, guard your heart, watch your heart. And notice it says to do so with all vigilance. Literally what it says here is above anything else that you watch, above anything else that you guard, 
guard your heart. Meaning it's not supposed to be some sort of passive pastime. You can't just kind of sit back and guard your heart at the same time. It's, it's an active. It's a rigorous activity. It's something you gotta, you got to do. You can't guard your heart eating snacks, watching TV 10 hours a day. This is something that's going to take time. This is something that's going to take effort to do. You've got to do it with vigilance. And if you don't, it's going to show. If you do, it is going to show in your life. And the, the reason that Solomon says to do this is because from it, from your heart, flow the springs of life. The word literally means like the origin of life or the departure of life. And maybe the New Living Translation gives a good sense when it says, because it determines the course of your life. If the source or the origin of your life goes bad, then guess what? Everything else that comes from it will go bad. If the heart goes bad, everything that flows from the heart is going to go bad. But of course, the same is true if it's good. If the source is good, then from it, whatever comes from it is going to be good. Uh, Adrian Rogers used to say, what's down in the well comes up in the bucket. Right? Whatever's down there in your heart, it's going to be what comes up. It's going to be what shows itself. Now, Jesus himself confirmed this principle. I mean, he, he mentions it several times, um, but about how the heart demonstrates the, or, you know, the, the, the life that comes out of the heart demonstrates the shape of the heart. So, for example, I'll just use Luke 6, verses 43 through 45 as an example. Jesus said, No good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. Whatever is in the heart is what's going to come out. Whatever is in the heart is what's going to come up. I mean, if you think of the metaphor of the heart and the origin of life, I mean, the, the heart, it, it's pumping blood, life-giving blood throughout the body. Whatever is in the heart is going to be spread throughout the whole body. If the heart is bad, well, things are not going to be so good. Things are going to run amok. And so you need to protect the heart from outside influences they are going to try and corrupt it. They're going to try and defile it. And the flow of thought in, in what Solomon says here is that it demonstrates that the heart is going to affect all these other areas of the life. If the heart is protected, then these things are going to be well in your life. If the heart is not protected, things not so good. And so I want to con quickly consider these areas that he mentions. A and maybe we can use today as a time of a spiritual heart exam. It, it, you go to physicals, well, here's a well, spiritual, I guess it would be called. If you go to a physical for your body, you go to a spiritual for your spirit. So here, have an exam. See if there's any problem areas. Because if there's some problem areas, guess what? That means that your defenses around your heart are down somewhere. And then that part of the wall needs to be patched up. That part of the wall needs some extra prote protection. So there's three areas that he mentions that the heart affects. 
And we got, we, we got to see just where we're at with these. So number one, he lets us know that an unprotected heart leads to corrupt speech. An unprotected heart leads to corrupt speech. Verse 24 says, put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. And so the flow of thought in this passage is that what you speak and how you speak is going to be a reflection of what's going on in, in the heart. If your heart is protected, and if your heart is in strong spiritual shape, you're going to speak truth in, in a loving, graceful manner. Your words will be like, um, well, like it's described elsewhere in Scripture, in Proverbs specifically. I mean, it, it's going to be that your words are, are sweet like a honeycomb, sweet to the soul, they're healthy to the bones when your heart is protected. But if you have a spiritual heart problem, then that's going to show up in your speech and the way that you talk. As Jesus described elsewhere in Scripture, what comes from the mouth has its origins in the heart. And that's what defiles a person. You remember when he was, I mean, he was constantly at it with the religious leaders. But, you know, they're all about, oh, if you eat this food, it defiles you, and you eat that food, it defiles you. He's like, no, it's not what goes in that defiles you, it's what comes out that defiles you. And you're defiled when your mouth kind of is the output of your heart, a wrong heart. Now, we try and mask this issue, we try and excuse this issue we try and make things sound a little bit better than they really are you know we might say well this person doesn't have a filter that person doesn't have a filter we excuse ourselves that i don't have a filter uh, for my mouth and in one sense i guess that's true because you don't have a filter in place because there's part of your heart that's unprotected something got in your heart and it took away the filter Something got into your heart and it influences what you say and how you say what you say. Okay, that, that kind of dragged out there. But something came into your heart that would cause you to speak wrongly. Because a protected heart is the filter of your speech. Now, an unprotected heart, when it has to do with speech, it can manifest itself in many different ways. I mean, there is definitely the issue of lying. If untruths come out of your mouth, it's because there's an unprotected part of your heart and fleshly, worldly influences came into your heart that somehow made you think that it's actually an option to lie. Again, you know, we try and make excuses for it. We even try and pretty it up. We, I mean, we always try and pretty up our sin. We give it some cutesy names, or we might try and, you know, give it a cutesy phrase. You know, we try and twist it into something that it's not as bad as it really is. So, you know, we might say, oh, I don't lie, I just stretch the truth. I don't lie, but I exaggerate a little bit. I mean, the fish really was that big. But any misrepresentation is a lie. Somehow we try and distinguish between levels of untruths, like certain levels are okay and others are not right? We say that, well, a white lie is okay. 
Well, all right, does that mean that any other color lie is not okay? I mean, is a fuchsia lie not okay? A blue lie might be all right, but a tan beige lie, that's not really that good. How, how do we come up with that? Any lie, whatever hue or color you might want to put with it, it, pro it proceeds from an unprotected heart. But it's not just lies. There's the favorite sin among churchgoers that comes from an unprotected heart, and that's gossip. We love to talk about the juicy details about someone's life that tears them down, and we think that it makes us feel better about ourselves. Guess where that comes from? An unprotected heart. Another favorite among churchgoers is murmuring and complaining. I mean, if all we do is complain and speak negatively about everything and anything that, that's around, well, guess what? That means our heart has been unguarded. It's under the influence of something negative. If we speak caustically or very harshly, that comes from a heart problem. If we yell and scream in the heat of the moment and say that it comes from whatever, it, it, it's, it's a heart issue. I've been there, done that. Because we, uh, me, I didn't protect my heart. We didn't protect our hearts from these things taking root. If, if we guard our hearts, those seeds won't get into our hearts. And those weeds, spiritual weeds, so to speak, wouldn't be, have been implanted. And so the thing is, if our speech is off, it's because our heart is off. Because we haven't guarded it against the influence of the world, the flesh, and the devil. We've allowed these things to settle in our hearts and grow. But you know what? With repentance and confession and seeking God, God is able to weed those things out. And we can put our defenses back up and protect our hearts. But speech isn't the only area that Solomon mentions that is affected by the heart. Secondly, an unprotected heart leads to wandering eyes. An unprotected heart leads to wandering eyes. Verse 25, it tells us, let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Now, in one sense, it's telling you how to protect your heart. Just keep your eyes on the prize, who is Jesus Christ. But it's also giving us a warning that when our heart is unprotected, our eyes are going to wander away to look at things that it should not. We should look forward at Christ. Not over here and over here and, and all, 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 all over the place. Because you know, here's the thing, what happens if we miss protecting our heart in one area, things are going to come into our heart and it's going to expose other areas of our heart to other things. And honestly, it can be a vicious cycle. You're unprotected in your heart over here. Something comes in, it opens up a hole over here. Well, something else comes in. Well, guess what? It opens up a hole over here and something else comes in. When you open the door of the heart to wicked things, you leave weak spots so that other wicked things can enter. And this is true of the eyes. When you fix your gaze on something that you ought not, your unprotected heart is going to be vulnerable to the next gaze at something else that's more spiritually dead, deadly, which will then make you vulnerable for the next look, which then makes you vulnerable to the next look, which then makes you vulnerable to the next look, and on and on it goes. And so you can protect your heart by not taking the first look, looking straight ahead, eyes focused on Christ. But when your armor is weak, 
your eyes begin to wander and fix themselves on things that will lead you on a path that's difficult to leave. So for example, when your heart is unprotected, your eyes fixate on a picture, on a picture or even a person that you find attractive. And it's not just a passing glance. You allow your eyes to linger. Well, that opens something up in the heart. Lust comes in and settles in an unprotected heart. This then causes your heart, the mind part of your heart, to create illicit fantasies. But then these fantasies aren't enough, and so then you begin to seek out illicit pictures, which then further weaken the walls around your heart. And so then your, your eyes, they begin to wander <coughs> to the hard stuff, to pornography, and then when pictures aren't enough, your eyes wander to videos, and when that's not enough, it leads to other sins like adultery. Well, the wandering eyes started because of an unprotected heart. And the more that our eyes wander, the weaker our def defenses become, and the more unhealthy the heart becomes. But it's not just the sexual sin. The eyes can desire and lust after many different things. While your heart goes unprotected, you might see an object or a toy or, or something that your neighbor has, and it causes jealousy and envy. And then the more that you envy the object, the greedier your heart becomes. Then greed leads to discontentment, where you're completely unhappy with the blessings that God has given you. And Paul describes it right when he says, then that's covetousness that has entered your unprotected heart, and now you've created an idol in your heart that you obsess over. It's a vicious cycle. We excuse our wandering eyes, partly because this is something that we can keep hidden. No one knows where your eyes are wandering, although the festering sores of that sin will come out in other ways. Or we might excuse it saying, well, you know, that's just the way I'm wired. Well, that's just the way men are wired, and so, you know, they got to do that. Or we might say, oh, it's not hurting anyone. But you know what? We cannot excuse sin. Yeah, it's just the way you're wired. Well, guess what? You have a sin nature. You're wired to be a sinner. Yeah, don't think you want to follow that wiring. So don't do that. You can't excuse sin. The, the sin entered you from an unguarded heart. And so you can see why it's so important to watch and protect and keep and guard your heart with all vigilance. But then there's another area that Solomon, he touches upon. Third, he shows us that an unprotected heart leads to a diverted path. An unprotected heart leads to a diverted path. So verses 26 and 27, they say, Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right, or from your end to the right, or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. So, so Solomon's talking about your walk with God, your life's conduct, the path that you follow, and, and what everything you do, what everything you do is centered on. Because when your heart is not guarded, 
you are going to wander from the path that God has for you. You are more vulnerable to div from diverting from the path of your life's journey, away from where God wants you to go, living in ways that are not pleasing to him. The trajectory of your life is going to go in a wrong direction. An unprotected heart opens you up to influences that will lead you astray. Now, you might not have, have wanted to go down that way. I mean, you, you may have wanted to please God. You may have, you know, yeah, I want to have that heart where deer panteth after water, so my soul longs after God. But, but our heart, we've exposed our heart, and then these things start creeping in. It, it, it comes into your heart and it piques your interest in, and, and you start pursuing these other things instead of pursuing God. Yeah, sure, you know what? It might start out as an innocent love of sports. But then over time, sports is all that you obsess over. You spend all your free time watching sports. You spend all your free time attending sports. You spend all your free time participating in sports. You can name all sorts of oddball sports stats, but you couldn't quote one verse of Scripture or name one attribute of God. Your life is, now belongs to sports. Your, your heart obviously doesn't belong to God. And an unprotected heart can lead to a self-willed life. That means that you're now convinced that, you know what, I'm captain of my own ship. I'm master of my own destiny. Everything that I do, all the choices that I make, they're all about me. And we have no regard to what God's will and purpose is for our life. And so, you know what, every decision we make, it's about following our own path. It's about blazing our own trail. And it's all because our heart is unguarded. And when our heart is unguarded, all sorts of wrong influences come in and start pulling us to the left and to the right, walking different paths than the path God has for us. That's why it is so important to keep your heart with all vigilance, diligence, whatever other word your translation might say, above anything else that you protect. Protect your heart, but how? You know, we, we, how do I guard my heart? I'm going to give you the typical Sunday school answers. Because if statistics hold true, a large portion of you are not doing these things, and therefore your heart is vulnerable. Number one, be saved. The first step is to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. Jesus died for you. He rose for you. He loves you. And when you receive the gift of salvation from him, believing and trusting in Jesus Christ, you're born again, you're changed, doesn't mean you don't struggle. We all do. But you have to begin, but you, you, you can't guard your heart without Christ. And so it starts there, but, but this also is a reminder to us that when our heart is way off, and it does, Christians, our hearts can be pulled in so many different directions. We have left them unguarded and we're allowing them to be pulled in these directions. We have a Savior who loves us. We can come to God and find mercy and love and forgiveness. And God will say, come on, let's work on guarding your heart. Come on, let's work on building back up those barriers.
to your heart. So don't ever despair. Don't ever despair when you come to this realization that your heart has been left vulnerable. Run to God. Run to Him. And He will help you build those walls back up. What a wonderful Savior we have. But there's something that we, else we can do, and that's read Scripture. Read Scripture. Constantly being in the Word of God, study it. Read it, memorize it, fill your heart with it. When, you know, when, when you treasure His Word in your heart, you will not sin against Him. You, you will keep your way pure by knowing and obeying the Word of God. We need the Word of God for protection. Prayer. Spend time with God. Talk with God. Ask of God. Listen to God. The more time you have with God, the thicker your armor becomes. And then, next, limit worldly input. The world is our enemy, the world system. And so the more intake we take from the world, well, guess what that's doing? That's warring against our souls. So stop spending countless hours taking in the things of the world. Spend more time on the things of God. Spend less time in the things of the world. You know, instead of watching TV, get into Scripture. Instead of listening to sports, listen to a sermon podcast. I mean, we can't get away from the world. I mean, here we are, right smack dab, in the middle of it, but we don't have to allow it to have undue influence on us. Guard your heart. Guard it. I think D.A. Carson summarized it wonderfully when he wrote this. He said, make this duty of paramount importance. Above all else, guard your heart. And one can see why. If the heart is nothing other than the center of your entire personality, that is what must be preserved. If your religion is merely external while your heart is a seething mass of self-interest, what good is your religion? If your heart is ardently pursuing peripheral things, then from a Christian perspective, you soon come to be preoccupied with merely peripheral things. If what you dream of is possessing a certain thing, if what you pant for is a certain salary or reputation, that's going to shape your life. But if above all else you see it to be your duty to guard your heart, that resolve will translate itself into choices of what you read, how you pray, and what you linger over. It will prompt self-examination and confession, repentance, and faith, and it will transform the rest of your life. We need to guard our hearts so that our speech is guarded, so that our gaze is guarded, so that our walk is pleasing to the Lord. And when you do, you experience what Solomon describes in verse 22. You have life and healing, spiritual life, spiritual healing. And so today, Christian, do a heart exam. Have you protected your heart? Or is there a small hole in your armor? If you ever read The Hobbit or saw the movie, Smog is this big, big, bad dragon. Has the scales like armor all over his body. Nothing can penetrate those scales. 
except he had one scale missing, one vulnerable point. And that's where he was shot and killed. So do a, Christian, do a self-examination. Where is the hole in your armor? Maybe God needs to do a little heart surgery with you today. So today, come to the altar and pray for protection. Come to the altar and confess and repent. Pray that God patches up the holes in your armor. And commit to do the hard work of guarding your heart. But if you're not a Christian, your heart is completely unguarded. It's going to be under the influence of the world, the flesh, the devil, everything that they throw at you, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to stick. But you can put armor around your heart when you come to Jesus Christ. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ today and be saved. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Harvest Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at harvest-baptist.org or find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can also find info on our children's ministry on Facebook at Harvest Baptist Children's Ministry or on Instagram at KidsQuest underscore HBC. Our student ministry is on Facebook at HBC Vertical Student Ministry and on Instagram at VSM underscore HBC. We welcome you to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. We are located at 8999 Waltrana Highway in Harvest, Alabama. Thanks for listening, and God bless.